lovers, this is your senior editor, John Tatey, and it's time for another episode of Mom on Pop. It's the podcast where my mom, you know her, Bonnie Tatey, weighs in on all sorts of pop culture, and she's ready to go, aren't you, Mom? I'm ready. You're in a good mood today, aren't you? I am in a good mood today. Because you got some fun news, didn't you? I had some of the best news I could have ever hoped for today. Oh, now what if it were a girl? That would have been fine, too. But this is what I was hoping for. You were. What we're talking about is uh, we just found out shortly before this podcast taping uh, that uh, my beautiful wife, Anna, is going to be having a baby boy in a few months. And uh, so you were hoping for a boy. I was hoping for a boy. I was very much hoping for a boy. I just... I don't know if Jenna listens to this all the time, but, you know, I just enjoyed my baby boys. I enjoyed her as a baby, too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't enjoy her as a teenager. <laughs> now, that's what I've heard. I've heard that uh, boys are tougher, uh, you know, as babies and as, as toddlers and young children, but they're not as, as tough as teenagers. Well, I don't know about that. I, I really don't know about that, but I just don't think, this is what I think from my experience, the boys were not as cagey as Jenna was. <laughs> you know, they always made some dumb mistake or you, you could just tell when they were not telling the truth or they left evidence, something. They were just more blundering than, than, than you know, Jenna was. She could have worked for the FBI. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Uh, teenage uh, boys are just dumb. Dumb. Yeah, I didn't want to say that. I was avoiding that. Well, that's definitely true. And I, we may have some teenage boys among our listeners. I doubt there's that many. But if there are, you are the smart ones, especially because you listen to Mom on Pop. Come on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, I understand we have some updates on the post office front. It's been a little while since we heard about this, but to recap uh, the readers, there's been many post office sagas, but the latest one was that there was yet another new postmaster at the Wilmot uh, office, and Mom uh, became convinced that he uh, was into men. I was ready to put the rubber stamp on it. And what uh, evidence led you to conclude that? Well, he has a fiance with a girl's name, so oh, he's not gay. Well, I meant what evidence led you to conclude in the in the first place that that he was gay? Yes, the big reveal is that we now know that he's not. But why did you think so? Well, he was just a very sharp dresser. His voice is a little high, but he's lovely. He couldn't be. He he's not lovely because that sounds. Oh my God! I'm just stepping all in this, but he's. He's just the nicest guy. He's very, very nice, and he's very friendly, and he dresses real neatly. You know, he, some, he sometimes has a tie on, and he always has a nice plaid shirt on and nice slacks. And A tie? Wow. I like this guy more and more. He's a, you know, he's a very sharp dresser. And why not? You are a government official at the post office. Dress up a little bit. Well, usually they're a bunch of cement blocks with, you know... <laughs> They look like a bunch of slobs. Yeah, yeah. So you found out that, did you, do you, do you think you revealed anything? You don't think your face twitched or anything when he, you found out that he had uh, this fiancé, do you? I hope not. You didn't tip your hand. And you don't think he's been listening to the many shows where you've speculated about this poor stranger's sexuality? Well, I hope not. Although, I don't know. You yeah. know, I don't know if somebody, 
I don't know. I hope not. He still continued to be very friendly to me, so I'm guessing not. Yeah. Well, I don't see why he would necessarily take offense. I wouldn't. Well, Dad seems to think I really needed to write this wrong when I just wondered. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong. Well, he seems to think there is, and and I don't want anybody to think there was, because there isn't. Because, you know, I wanted to just be on the lookout in case there I came across somebody that might have been right for him. Yeah, definitely. You were just trying to do him a service, and now maybe if you find some woman who you think would be better for him than his fiance, you can help him out that way, too. Well, I have never met his fiance, so... Well, you can still be on the lookout. Well... Just tell him, hey, you know, don't slip that ring on too fast, because wait a... <laughs> I have other people I'm out there pimping for. Oh, so. really? Who's that? Merrick. <laughs> okay, my brother Merrick. I see. Yeah. Okay. You know, when I was in the hospital, the uh, nurse came in, and, and I said to her, this is when I was right out of surgery, practically, and, you know, how old are you, and do you have a boyfriend and yes she had a boyfriend but matt told merrick that i was um doing that oh really and how did what did merrick think of that well he thought it was funny but oh that's good well merrick is a very uh mature individual so i'm sure he takes uh the kindness with which it was intended to heart okay uh let's go with that yeah uh, now, we are reviewing, I should have said up top, we are reviewing Naked and Afraid and the Marvel uh, Star Wars comics uh, in this episode of Mom on Pop. But uh, we also were going to review Mr. Robot, and then you called that off. And can you explain uh, to the listeners why? Now, I have any, I've only seen a couple minutes of the show, uh, but you watched an, an episode and a half, I gather. And why did you yeah. say you didn't want to do Mr. Robot anymore? I, I think they they overstepped their what what television should do. Really, and they had a they had a scene where I don't know who he is, but I don't know who any of them are because I only watched one episode, and the first episode was very um, confusing, and the second episode showed a guy at his psychiatrist, and you know the psychiatrist saying, you know, well, what is it about society that you that you find so upsetting and and he said, well, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's that we thought Steve Jobs was a, was a great man, and, and then we found out he was making billions of dollars on the backs of children, and, or that all of our you know, television, all, all of our television idols are corrupt or whatever. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. it, it flashed to a picture of Bill Cosby, and who was the other one? I forget. Lance Armstrong, maybe. Lance Armstrong, and then it then it showed Tom Brady, and I just said, "This is crap. This is absolute <laughs> crap." All these people were, you know, Bill Cosby. The people were coming out of the woodwork about him, and that's not even the same thing as Tom Brady. And and that somebody would would use that in that fashion, just. I I can't watch that. I just can't watch that. That was so irresponsible. I hear you. I hear you. Well, it's just a... (laughs) I don't know how irresponsible it is, but... um, 
I feel you. Look, nobody loves Tom Brady more than I do. Uh, so I understand why you took that to heart. And actually, um, I haven't seen this particular episode, but on the Patriots uh, forum that I frequent, this episode caused something of, of a stir, too. People are feeling very defensive right now. So that was it. You were done with Mr. Did you turn the episode off that instant? Finished. I deleted everything <laughs> off the television. Goodbye. Well, Goodbye. I, I just thought that was very wrong. Somebody really had an axe to grind and really went to some trouble to, to put all that together. <laughs> Lance Armstrong was absolutely proven to be, you know, that blood doping or whatever that's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, no, none of it is in the same realm as Tom Brady's thing. But but he's Tom Brady certainly has been torn down. Maybe that's the just the point the show was trying to make, is that we build up these heroes and then we tear them down. Really? You're going to defend them? Yeah. I hope that show crashes and burns and that everybody <laughs> that works on that show never wins the lottery. Oh, Lord. Even a scratch ticket. Nothing. Nothing for those people. They're despicable. Not even a scratch ticket. Not even. Wow. Well, I'm sure Tom Brady appreciates it, but he's still doing pretty good for himself. I don't think he needs he needs uh, you to be cursing people like that on his behalf. I don't think he would want that. I didn't curse anybody. Well, you, uh, you curse them from ever winning the lottery. Well, that's just a wish. I see. I see. Well, I don't think Tom Brady would would wish those things upon the Mr. Robot people. Although maybe he would. Maybe he's a vindictive son of a bitch. I like to think he is. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, I hate to think of him just saying, tra-la-la-la-la, people can say what they want. I hope he's a little pissed off oh, about well, it. Well, I think he's very pissed off. Yeah, but I think he probably just wants to move on with his life at this point. I think his birthday was yesterday. Oh, was it? Mm. Oh, well, I hope he had a fun one. He's in training camp right now, so it probably wasn't that much fun. Probably not. But uh, Tom Brady's going to be okay. You know that, right? I do know that, but I just feel like this whole thing has been very un unjust. Well, I agree, uh, but uh, he's going to be okay. People are going to forget this in a few years. It's so funny to hear people talk about how this will taint his legacy forever. And, you know, like... When I'm writing the block and tackle column, often I have to research old players, you know, so yeah. I look up their bios and I read about them. And there's so often some weird episode that happened, you know, this is like looking back a couple decades or whatever, some strange episode that happened in their careers that nobody ever talks about anymore, even though it was a furor at the time. And yes, this was an especially big furor, but I just think it's going to be the same thing. And in the long run, people care about what happened on the field. Well, as a woman, I really don't care that much what happens on the field. I'm more interested in the gossip and the <laughs> and the behind the scenes thing. Yeah. And you know, and I don't I don't mean to offend other women that are real football fans and whatnot. But I, you know, to me, I like the the junk, not the not the football so much. Right. Although I do enjoy um, the football, but um, you do. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, you know, somewhat. It's in my blood. Whatever. Yeah, it's hard to avoid. Right. Um, and I do know a, a bit about the game and blah, blah, blah. Now, we have a contest. What Can you tell the folks what the contest is? Do you remember? <laughs> well, since we only talked about it five minutes ago, yes. Okay. Tell the it's folks about, then. It's about road trips. 
Yeah, it's uh, dog days of summer we're getting into here, August. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be going on road trips. And uh, we are having a contest. Tweet at us on Twitter. I don't know how else you could tweet at us, but uh, we'd prefer it if you use Twitter to tweet at us. And uh, tell us a little story about your worst road trip. If you need a couple of tweets to do it, that's fine. But most people were able to get their uh, embarrassing parent stories into one tweet. So let's try it again with this. Tweet us your stories. Uh, Make sure you tweet mom, and you can tweet me if you have room. Mom's Twitter is at MoxieNH. That's M-O-X-I-E-N-H. And my Twitter is at John Tatey, J-O-H-N-T-E-T-I. Tweet us with your bad road trip stories. I have to say this. This is this is from before. But, you know, I just wanted to tell you that now that we know you're going to have a boy, I'm not going to press for you to name to name the baby after my grandmother. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, your gr- and which grandmother would that be? My grandmother, whose name was Fanny. <laughs> Fanny. Uh, well, Fanny Flagg, you know, I love from her uh, match game years. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that would be a tough one to pull off these days. Yes. We have a couple names that are, uh, strong in the running right now. I know what one of them is, but I'm not saying. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm sorry. So road trip, let me just tell you my worst road trip ever. That is what I remember. Okay. That, that I was probably about eight or nine years old and I got a set of, um, Play-Doh, four cans of Play-Doh for my birthday. And we got in the car to drive to New Hampshire from Philadelphia and my brother opened up a can, and I was like, I was one of those people that saved stuff for a long time before I dove into it. You know, like crowns, I really tried to preserve the points and all that stuff. And huh. he just he just ripped open a can of my Play-Doh and mushed it all together and made the whole thing into a big triangle. Uh, was it different colors of Play-Doh? Yes. Oh, no. So it's just ruined then. Just ruined. Because you can never separate the colors again. No, no. Uh, so that wasn't even really a road trip. You just you said you didn't even make it out of the driveway. That was that could have been anything. Yeah, he just ruined everything while we were waiting for my parents to get in the car. And then how long were you on the road? Seven hours. Seven hours. He ruined seven hours worth of Play-Doh fun for you. Yes. Wow. Yes, because I was taking my brand new Play-Doh with me. Yeah. I have no idea why, because I had no intention of sharing it with anyone. But Now, why would he do that? That's just how he rolled, you know? He was just a jerk? He was. <laughs> you have a good relationship now, though, right? We have a very nice relationship now. But, you know, he's 10, 10 years older than me, so he uh, he ran the show. Yeah, yeah. Is he still a jerk? Oh, no. No. Okay, good. I don't think so either. No. He's a very good brother now. Um, it would have taken me a while to get over that Play-Doh incident, though. Well, I'm sure it did. Now, why don't you tell your road trip story? Well, my road trip story, uh, so we, I guess it's partly a road trip, but we, uh, when I was 10 years old, and Jenna would have been how old then? Six? Probably six. Yeah. We went over to Ireland with your brother, in fact, and uh, his wife and uh, Graham. His then wife. His then wife, yeah. Uh, And uh, we were there for two weeks, right? Wow, yeah. Yeah, I think it was two weeks. So we we fly over there, and uh, this must must have been one of Jenna's first uh, flights, and it was a transatlantic flight, long one. So she's feeling a little uh, queasy when we 
land, and we had to spend some time at the airport. I don't remember, you know, with a, when you're a kid, it's all a blur, but we must have been right. waiting through customs and all those things, right? And uh, they give her a pack of combos, which is just the perfect thing for an upset stomach, you know? Crappy pretzels and the most artificial cheese on the face of the earth. It's like toe jam, practically. Oh, God. So we get in the car and drive for, uh, we're on the road for about an hour on the way to the bed and breakfast where we're staying. And just all of a sudden, there was no warning. Jenna leans over. She's in the middle in the back seat. She leans over to her left where I'm sitting and pukes all over me. My legs and the seat and the floor just this copious fountain of vomit. Meanwhile, Graham's, Graham's on the other side saying, oh my God, she's throwing up. She's throwing up over and over again as if that's going to help matters, you know? Oh, God. So we pull over at this, I don't know, gas station or something and get cleaned up as best we can and clean the car up as best we can. But we're really just using makeshift supplies, you know, whatever we can get at this Irish mini mart. Oh, Lord. So for the rest, for the two weeks, we have these, all these road trips planned and it's just hot as hell. It must have been the hottest summer in Irish history. So every morning we'd get in the car and the smell of vomit would have just, it was like it renewed itself overnight. It would just hit you in the face as soon as you even opened the car door. This just cloud of terrible vomit smell would come at you. And we tried every Irish cleaning product we could on that car over the course of two weeks. And all it did was layer chemical smell on top of the vomit we could never get it out i think when we when they returned the rental car they probably just pushed it straight into the compactor yep (laughs) that's that's just awful that's terrible it's what i remember by far the most vividly about that ireland trip and i you know when people bring up ireland i say i'll never go back and i think that's a big reason why I just associated it with the pungent, debilitating smell of my sister's vomit. Oh, God. And, and Graham said that you just sat there while she did it. Well, just... what could I... She always says that. When she tells a story, she always says that I just sat there. But what was I going to do? Jump out the window? I, I was as shocked as know. anyone. I don't, I don't know. I'm glad I wasn't there because uh, I don't handle vomit very well. No, you don't. Neither does Graham. Uh, she always says if she encounters it, she's going to throw up right on top of it. I'm glad she was able to hold back this time. Oof. God. So, top that, people. Yeah, let's let's hear it. Fit it into a tweet. Again, you can tweet it to at MoxieNH, M-O-X-I-E-N-H. And if you can fit me in, I'd like to hear it too, at John Tatey, J-O-H-N-T-E-T-I. Then Mom will have a wonderful prize package for you for the randomly selected winner. We'll read some of our favorites on the next Mom on Pop uh, broadcast. Well, not the next one, but the... I forget we're doing the in-between episodes now. The next full episode of Mom on Pop will uh, choose the winners. There you go. All right, let's get to our reviews. First up, we are doing Naked and Afraid. You ready, Mom? I'm ready. Okay. Naked and Afraid is a survival show in which two people, a man and a woman, are stranded in a remote area for 21 days and left to survive on their wits and grit. 
The survivalists are forced to strip naked at the beginning of their quest. Whether they choose to be afraid or not is their prerogative. <laughs> I'm not really nervous at all, which surprises me. I'm more nervous about being naked in front of a complete stranger at this point in time. All right, 21 days in the North Rupinia wetlands. Here I come. Being naked doesn't bother me at all. I'm a fairly open guy. I think pretty much everybody I went to college with has seen me naked at some point, so being naked is no big deal. Meeting my partner is gonna be awkward, I'm sure. Typically, you don't meet anybody naked, except for your mom when you're born, so I'm gonna just try to not draw attention to it and focus on surviving. Hi! Howdy. I'm gonna take a wild stab in the dark and say, because we're in the same uniform, that we're on the same team. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Naked and Afraid recently concluded its fourth season on the Discovery Channel, which frequently airs repeats. Seasons are also available for streaming on Amazon and Google Play, among other streaming services. Mom, are you afraid to admit how much you love this show? No, I love it. I do like it. Now, why do you love it? I love that, well, I guess there's, there is a question that I'm going to ask you, because I just don't understand. I don't see this as being... Um, a big adrenaline rush mm -hmm. type thing, you know, like, oh, I like bungee jumping or right. zip lining. So I, what I don't understand is why, why does this show, why do people want to partake in this show? Right. Participate in it, you mean? Yeah. Well, this is uh, orders of magnitude easier than what the people on this show are doing. They go to remote Africa and tropical, unforgiving tropical islands. But I'll tell you, I've recently started working out, as you know, at a right. gym with a trainer. And uh, I, I've i never really done that before, aside from for sports, you know, when I was in high school or whatever. Right. And I've been newly delighted by the fact that every time I go in and work out for an hour, I have met some challenge and I feel like, I don't know, I feel more alive because I've challenged myself to do something that was hard on me and I didn't wasn't really okay. sure I could do and then I accomplished it. And I think this is an extreme version of that. I think these people are discovering things about themselves, which the show kind of emphasizes, but kind of doesn't. All right. I'm trying to get a feel for that because... I think it's dangerous, one, that you put your body out there and put it through no water, no protein, contracting some very bad illness or picking up a, uh, a bug of some kind, that sometimes these people have come back in very bad shape. Like what? Like what happens? I, I guess I've seen people have come back with you know, picking up a bug that, that takes months and months of antibiotics to uh, purge from their body Jeez. and that kind of thing. But to me, I enjoy the psychological part of it, what happens to people out, in the, out, in, out with nothing, how they persevere or how their minds handle it. Right. You know, are they sulky? Are they friendly? Are they, you know, helpful? Are they lazy? And I think all those things are magnified and come, come to the surface. So you think that you're getting a glimpse of, of people's real selves? That's what I think. Yeah. That's what I think. You know, do you, do you, uh, can you 
not have a fight? Can you can you approach this situation that maybe isn't to your liking and do it well? Right. Or do, are you confrontational? You know, that's how I would be. I would be very confrontational. Well, it's an interesting question because, you know, uh, on Survivor, they talk about this a lot, how your real right. self emerges uh, out there in the wilderness. And I always wonder about that. Like, what is your real self? Is it really the self that emerges under this extreme duress and after being deprived of food and sleep? Like, how, mm. how real is that? Well, that's a good point, I think. Uh, you know, I think you're right. To me, it would indicate, and as I've seen on this show, that some people just go mental. Yeah. And yet I hear what you're saying that is that is that a real true measure of somebody given the parameters of what they're dealing with no no protein, perhaps no water. And it does remind me a little bit of um high school, you know, cliques or I'm cooler than you or Really, even even though it's just two people. Yes, well actually there is a show on now that has that started with 12 four groups of three, so Oh, uh, this is Naked and Afraid still. Yeah, it's Naked and Afraid XL. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, so that's with teams of three, four teams of three. Two people are gone, and one of them was a girl that didn't um, finish off her season and came back. They're all people that have been on before, and um, she just kind of went, cuckoo and threw all the implements in the river and oh my god yeah that's not helping anyone that's not well she was she was hell-bent on hurting hurting them and she did tap out and left tap out yeah she went a little nutty wow and and i think what what about a person like that you know they they bring her on and i'm sure they sign all kinds of waivers and probably pass some tests of some kind, right? Boy, I would think so. I would think so. I, anyway, that to me, it's very, it's just, just very interesting. Not unlike Survivor in watching how people are. I guess I'll just say how they are, and because even Survivor, they, sometimes they're very hungry or sleep deprived or whatever. I was surprised by. How little happened on the episode that I watched. Now, I watched a relatively early episode, I later discovered, because I just watched whatever came up on my DVR, you know, when I put the season pass on. I watched an episode uh, in, it was The Island from Hell, and I don't know if you've seen this one, but it's a military guy and this surfer uh, woman, young woman from Hawaii, and I started watching, and I said, wow, they're going to, 21 days in about 42 minutes running time of the show, I thought I, they're going to have to pack this in. This is going to be so dense. And I was shocked by how little happened and how much it was edited like every other reality show that shows you everything three times and, you know, has the mid-episode rehash of what you've already watched. Yeah. And I understand why they're built that way because, you know, people discover them while channel flipping. But boy, is it tedious to watch all the way through. And yeah. basically what happened is uh, the guy got a sunburn do you remember this guy? I do. He got a sunburn and was out of commission for almost five days. <laughs> then they dug a well and they killed an eel and a clam. Then there was a rainstorm and then they went home. And that was that was the story. And I just thought I was going to get more. You know, I thought there was going to be a richer experience. So are they all like that? Yeah, pretty much. It's all it's all about watching them find water 
or build a hut, build a hut, find water, and then perhaps find some fruit or protein. Protein, yeah, that word came up a lot. A lot. But what do you think about the naked part? I was bracing myself for the naked part. I think maybe they should call this show Ugly Butts, because you sure do get a lot of ugly butts. And boy, I have to say, that crevice sure looks dark. <laughs> yes, that's that's a good observation, Mom. Yes, it is a gloomy crevice for sure. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't mind it as much as I thought, because I was bracing myself for, I hate when they have that blurry circle, and it's kind of darting around the screen, just because just the motion of it distracts me. And when there's too much of it, it gets really tiresome to watch. I don't, I don't, I don't know if other people feel this, but like sometimes on reality shows too, you'll have somebody wearing a hat and the logo is blurred out. Oh, it just yeah. becomes so distracting. Yeah. So I was worried about that, but they do give them a little sack that um, at least my players or my survivalists ended up using to tie around their waists a lot of the time. Yeah, um, and maybe sack isn't the best word. Uh, yeah, they give them a, uh, a bag. Yeah. Mm, better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the right word is. <laughs> I don't either, but There's both no... times that you said it, I just thought, oh, really? But sack is definitely wrong. Tote bag, let's go with tote, tote bag. bag. That's right. There... <laughs> That's right. So they they do get a tote bag with which they can cover up a little bit. And on my episode, the uh, woman found some articles of clothing that had washed up on the beach. Perfect. Perfect. Who doesn't yeah. love beachwear? I don't know. Free beachwear. I don't know. I do like this show. I do like. I like watching people. I I um, I just enjoy that, and I think you're. I'm always surprised by who comes through, and sometimes who doesn't. Have there been any other spectacular dozens? I don't think so. I, uh, you know, I think that when people leave, they leave most because they're hurt or, or they're very, very sick or, some, you know, under some circumstances like that. I don't think anybody comes into it idly. Right, right. So for that, I do think it's good. And I do think it is, it is interesting. I like Survivor better because I like to see how people act in a group and, and right. interact or don't interact. Plus, Survivor's got that dreamy Jeff Probst. Oh, he's not dreamy anymore. Oh, he used to be dreamy, though, huh? Well, not to me, but to some people. Do you do you hate Jeff? Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> no, I only have eyes for Dad. <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair enough. Boring, okay. but fair enough. Boring, very boring. Yeah. So you heard it here first. Mom hates Jeff Probst. And Jeff, if you're listening, <laughs> maybe you should go cry. Oh, Johnny, you're so bad. You're so bad, oh, bad, bad. Yeah, R&I. Do you watch The Survivor Man ever? No, what's that? Uh, Survivor Man is a show that's kind of like this, except it's the same guy every time, and he's out there by himself. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah, but you're not into that one. I'm not. I'm not. I used to. I watched a couple of those, um, but then I I stopped. Mostly these shows I've um, started to watch because of my sister. She just nags me to watch them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm more of a Survivor Man guy than a Naked and Afraid guy, but I did not hate this. And although I did think that the what was it the survival rating or some stupid yeah the numbers that they put on it make no sense to me. 
It's like, I don't understand how they, you know, they say that they come to them because of their skills or their ability to work things out or whatever, and they raise or lower them according to how they did on this particular challenge. But, you know, it's not like it's something issued by the government. It's, right. right. You this, know, I, the one guy on mine, he started out at a 7.8, and then at the end they're like, and he went up to an 8.2. And it's just like, okay. What Anybody is, that survives goes up by four points, I yeah. think. Make it a million. I don't care. It's, yeah, yeah. Millions. That's what they should do. Just do it in the millions. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Uh, my problem would be a snake. I, after I saw a snake, I'd have to go right home. Oh, yeah. You know, and then they, they catch them and skin them and eat them. And, you know, I I, I don't like snakes. I really do don't, don't, I've noticed don't that like over snakes. the years, yeah. And uh, I just don't know. I hate to see them kill them too. I'm very happy when they when they first kill them. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like Jesus. All that thing was doing was you know crawling around its habitat. Yeah, wasn't bothering you. Yeah. So. Didn't ask you to come over. I don't know. So I have. Do you think you could eat a snake? Uh, I guess so. Ugh, I'm not sure I could. Although I did taste eel on the airplane one time. Wow, and nothing's better than airplane eel. <laughs> Good Lord. The finest quality. Yeah. <laughs> That's as close as I've come to eating a snake. All right, so what is your grade for Naked and Afraid, Ma? Uh, I'll give it a solid B. Solid B, that sounds about right. Better than I thought. All right. Although it's still somewhat tedious. I just wish well, they didn't have to edit them for dummies. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I wish they... But don't you think most all television is edited for dummies? Well, a lot of it is. Not all of it, but all, uh, the vast majority of it is, I suppose. It's I just... think any show with a laugh track is edited for dope. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's no laugh track on Naked and Afraid, by the way, if the listeners are wondering. Although it would be enhanced by a laugh track. <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> That's a great programming idea. We should send that along. We should send that to them. Okay, let's move along to... What are we reviewing next? Oh, Star Wars comics. I'm excited about this one. This was the replacement for Mr. Robot. This is what you get, I guess, for uh, taking a show off the board for an upcoming podcast, is you got to well, read these Star Wars comics. And and I did. But, you know, I would just like to reiterate that nobody should watch Mr. Robot because it's a piece of crap show. Okay, I'm not sure that's really true. It's gotten good notices, but we're going to move right along. Marvel Comics this year launched a number of new Star Wars comic series, a mix of ongoing titles and miniseries. For this episode, Mom read most of the Darth Vader comics and all of the Princess Leia five-issue miniseries. Mom, did you feel the force within you as you read these books? Um, no. No? You didn't like them? I... Let me just say, can I say two things? You can say a hundred things. All right. Does Darth... Is there a person inside that Darth Vader stuff? Inside the suit? Yes. Yes. His name is Anakin Skywalker. Well... He needs to come out of that because I just can't breathe when I look at that costume. Well, it's not I, its not a costume. It's not like it's Halloween all the time in the Empire. He needs it to keep him alive. Well, you know, maybe that was in the issue one that I didn't get because 
I, you know, what, they think I remember the movie? I don't remember the movie. Yes, I think they, I think that they believe the readers of this comic uh, remember the movies quite well, which may have been part of the problem, but Darth Vader was very uh, badly burned, and now he has to wear that suit with the mask and whatnot. Okay. Maybe I should have watched the movie before I read these. I watched the movie again before I read these. <laughs> uh, let me say, no, it's no Archie and Veronica and Betty. <laughs> Is that what you were expecting? Yes. I was expecting a start-to-finish story, but that is not what happens in these. Let me say they are absolutely gorgeous, I think. Yeah, I agree. The artwork is beautiful. And I spent a lot of time actually looking at the covers because I found them so uh, interesting and, and thoughtful. Oh, yeah, the covers are gorgeous every time. They're all beautiful. Every issue of these is, is gorgeous, and I'm happy to have them. I got a little confused reading Darth Vader. Okay. Who's a good guy, who's a bad guy, because they all look like bad people to me. Well, I think in the Darth Vader comic, most of them are. And uh, this is, it's funny you bring that up, because when I start, started reading the Darth Vader comics, Anna said, you know, why, why do you want to read the comic that's about the bad guy? But if you're reading this, you have to sympathize with Darth Vader a little bit because he is redeemed. We know he is redeemed someday right? Uh, in the movies. Uh, so in the meantime, we get to enjoy him being a badass. And I like seeing, I like reading a comic that's about the quote-unquote evil character. Uh, and I agree with you there. Okay. I do agree with you there. And I did think there was subtle humor in here. Mm-hmm. They're, these, these are just light years ahead of the comic books that I used to read. <laughs> because they, they assume that you have a brain and they don't spoon feed you everything. It's just a very tight little story in each one. Right, but it's also serialized, so there's always a cliffhanger at the right, end. Right, right. But you do get some satisfaction in each one. You do, yeah, yeah. And again, I was surprised by the, the little bit of humor that was in there. I really appreciated that and enjoyed that. But I did, I did really love the Princess Leia series. Okay, let, let's talk about that one. You like that one better than the Vader ones. I did. I thought the stories were a little easier to follow. Mm -hmm. I knew who was bad and who was good right. Uh, right away. And I just liked this story better. Well, can you uh, synopsize the story at all? Can you what was your what's your take on the overall arc of it? Summarize it in your words. I not I guess not unlike the Darth Vader in that she's um going back and and writing some, you know, her 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 things for her planet that right. has been destroyed. Right. Alderaan, her home planet was destroyed. So this takes place after the after the original Star Wars movie, A New Hope. Um, it takes place between that and Empire Strikes Back. I know you don't care about that, but the, the listeners might. Well, I know there's people that are real um, students of this, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm happy to have them. I carried them around in my pocketbook and, you know, just pulled them out along the way every now and then to to try to catch up and, and to read them. And uh, I, I would recommend these to people. Really? I th When we started the segment, I thought you wouldn't like them. Well, I can't say I love Darth Vader. So is this all there is? Does, does, is there anybody else that has their series? Uh, well, 
after Princess Leia's series ended, uh, the Lando series began. Now, do you know Lando Calrissian? No. Who's that? He was in Empire Strikes Back, and he was played by Billy D. Williams. Oh. So, and that's it? I mean, like, there's no Luke's? Skywalker, or there's a there there is a main Star Wars comic that uh, centers largely on Luke. Okay. Although now it's uh, looking at Obi Wan Kenobi. The that last issue, uh, we're going back into the old journals of Obi Wan Kenobi, and that one was a little boring. But we'll see where it goes. Are you going to follow them? Oh yeah, I read them all. You I'm, do. Yeah, I read them all on my iPad. Oh, on your iPad? Yeah. Oh, it's a great way to read them. No, no, that is not how you read comic books. It's how I read them. Do you, is that how people read them now? A lot of people do, yeah. I just love having the paper in my hand so that I can... Oh, I wouldn't like that, Johnny. I used to be like you. When we lived in... When Anne and I lived in Brooklyn, I was like you, and I went to the comic book store and I got all paper copies. Now, I'll tell you what happened is we moved out here to Chicago... And our apartment's bigger here in Chicago, but the uh, bedroom is much smaller. Yeah. And it can really only fit our bed and one night table. And, of course, Anna's side got the night table. So I don't have a light or anything on my side. So if I want to read comics after she goes to sleep, which is, you know, I like to read them in bed. They're so short and, and uh, bite-sized. They're good for reading right before you fall asleep. I got to read them on my iPad because I don't have a light. Have you heard? They have these things. They sit right on the floor. You can plug them into the wall. You just turn a button. It's called a lamp. I don't really have room for a lamp on my side. Oh, my God. I mean, I could get a little light that clips on the bed, but that's, you know, that's not going to help her sleep. Well, it sounds like you have the perfect solution to this dilemma, but I would rather have a paper in my hand. Well, you know, they, they accumulate, too. Yeah, I know. I know how you hate clutter, uh, but... Oh, oh, my God, the wit. <laughs> really, really, people, if you knew how hilarious that was, you would be just rolling on the floor right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of crap piled up at the family house. But not in the living room. It's mostly in my yarn room, so... Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I'll have to, I misremember, I guess, from the last time I was there. Hmm. Well, maybe things were in turmoil when you were here. But, you know, again, oh, I was, right. I was I... surviving my bout with cancer, uh, you right. know, yeah. so... The turmoil started years before you even got the cancer. <laughs> That's how devastating it was. I know. But if you walked in now, you would just say, wow, who lives here, so... Would I? You've cleaned yes. it up? Yes, it's very tidy down there. Because i got to say, the house was a little sad last time I was there. Oh, uh, well, you should come back now, because it's pretty vibrant now. Feels like it's falling apart a little bit. Well, I have to tell you, your old bedroom is being painted begonia pink as we speak. Oh, no. Yes, sir. What a beautiful blue color it was, though. Bye. It's all pink with white trim now, so... Ugh, terrible. Didn't you do that to Matt's old room already? Well... How many how many rooms need to be pink? Apparently quite a few. Yeah, apparently. Okay. No, we're going to do everybody's room over. I don't even remember what we're talking about now, but I think it's the Star Wars comics. So uh, do you have any uh, <laughs> remaining stray observations about either Star Wars Darth Vader or Star Wars Princess Leia? Those are the well, official I titles. A, yeah, go ahead. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Because on Twitter today, Evan Narcisse, Mm-hmm. Narcissus, yeah. 
who I consider a friend, even though I've never met him, because right. he's really your friend, right. said that he reviewed or read a review, I can't remember, of a comic, and he felt that it applied uh, to things that were going on today. Okay. So do you think that these comics are purely entertainment, or do you feel like they reflect something from today, today's values or life or whatever? Well, I mean, my whole philosophy of pop culture is that it inevitably reflects or reacts against the values of the day in which it was produced. So I I think that the Star Wars comics are uh, more more insulated from that. I don't think that they get, they certainly don't get overtly political. And I think that any political or cultural undertones are pretty mild. But I think that you can look at the style and the storytelling approach even, and it reflects the era that we're in. I think to have a comic that treats Darth Vader as an anti-hero is something you wouldn't have seen um, maybe 20 years ago or maybe yeah, I'll say I think that's a good point. maybe I'll say 30 years ago but you get the idea right this this right. notion of the anti-hero is something that's really bubbled up in the past 15 years or so um, and so that's one way in which I think that the the Darth Vader comic in particular reflects our postmodern world but do I think mm-hmm. that there are political messages here like Evan was talking about in his tweet uh, I don't think so okay and uh, let's have a grade for uh, Star Wars Princess Leia Oh, definitely A+. plus. A+, plus, really? Wow. Yeah, I really thought they were special. And uh, Star Wars Darth Vader? Yeah, I'll give him an A-. minus. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. Um, I just enjoyed this. I, like I said to you, you know, to me, the idea of reading a comic book means you have a bag of peanut M&Ms and a big glass of lime Kool-Aid, and you're just laying on your bed. It's hot. It's a summer that's the way to read a comic book. Oh, man, that sounds good to me. <laughs> and I did everything but the Kool-Aid and the peanut M&M's and just <laughs> laid on my bed and, and read them. And I loved every minute of it. Good. Well, thank you for your insights, as always. Uh, that wraps it up for this edition of Mom on Pop. Hey, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. If you subscribe, you'll get the tweener episodes that aren't posted on avclub.com. you got to subscribe to get those. And, uh, of course, if you like the show, review us on iTunes. We always appreciate that. And don't forget to tweet us with your bad road trip stories. That's at MoxieNH, M-O-X-I-E-N-H. Tweet them to Mom, and we'll pick a winner on the next full episode of Mom on Pop. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, John. For Bonnie Tatey, I'm John Tatey. So long for now. (laughs) 